Hi, and welcome back, everyone. My name is Michael LeBlanc, Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Junior Wealth Management. And thanks for joining us here for our Tactical Portfolio Update. Uh, as always, remember, everything we cover on these videos are for information purposes only. Uh, always uh, reach out to us, reach out to a professional for uh, specific advice, or do your own due diligence before investing in any strategies out there. So with that, let's jump into things. Um, Thank you all for uh, for joining us back. We've been on a bit of hiatus here for the summertime. Uh, it's been a little bit, uh, just over a month or so before we've done uh, a video. We are going to get back onto a regular schedule, so you can look forward to those. Uh, we have uh, changed formats. Obviously, a lot of things have happened since we last talked. Uh, so one, uh, you've probably seen the announcement, and you'll notice the, you know, the logo up here, LLC. So the LeBlanc Group is now LeBlanc, or Leishman LeBlanc Catlin Group, so we merged our two groups that's been going on for quite some time. We sent out a big announcement. Hopefully you had a chance to look at that. If you haven't, uh, and you have any questions on that, just give us a call. Uh, you probably won't see too much change as far as the services and information you're, you're, you're getting, maybe some more uh, additional as we bring the strengths of the two groups together. Uh, and if you have any questions about some of the new stuff that you're seeing, uh, by all means, as always, reach out to us. We're happy to chat and tell you about that. But that's not what we're talking about today. So the formats that we've changed the videos, historically, we've done the video, the live videos, uh, more of a market update. We still are going to do that, but we're going to focus on the, our portfolios that we uh, that we manage for clients on the discretionary front, so the managed portfolios. Uh, and we're going to talk about the markets and how that's affecting our position in those portfolios and what we're doing uh, in there. So <clears throat> we're going to talk... Um, Kind of what's been going on in the summer, what we see coming up, and of course what's happening right now. Also, we're going to be putting out the Mike on Money videos. Those are still going to continue. Those are going to be very topic related, so you should see those every other week. Uh, and uh, Harold Leishman, my partner, is uh, going to be doing uh, interviews with uh, some key um, players in the portfolios, especially on the smaller cap side, uh, talking to some of the CEOs and uh, other uh, other people in the industry that will have insights on what's going on in those markets and how you might be able to take advantage of that. So a lot of things going on, but, uh, but with that, let's, uh, let's kind of jump into what we're seeing in the markets out there and uh, kind of what we should be expecting in the portfolios. Now, of course, the big thing out the still playing on the markets or the big theme out in the markets today is still inflation. That hasn't changed. I don't think it's gonna change uh, probably for the rest of this year. Uh, it's the main underlying uh, mover of the markets and, uh, of course, with that uh, interest rate. So what are we seeing and what do we expect to see? Now, before I start talking about uh, what we're seeing right now, because uh, I know it's all doom and gloom out there, all the talk is, you know, recession and all these different things. We're going we're gonna to dive into all the effects of inflation uh, or what we're seeing right now. But the one thing to keep in mind when we talk about inflation or uh, recession is all the numbers, all the information you're going to see is always backwards looking, right? So inflation, you know, we've got to go three, uh, three quarters of negative growth. So that means you won't see or you won't officially find out if you're in a recession uh, uh, until, you know, you're already in it for, for, for almost nine months. So you could easily be coming out of it by the time you actually realize you were in it. So all the information is about a month or so old that you get. And inflation is very much the same 
when it comes to that. So we get inflationary numbers, but they're from the you know last month or the month before, depending on which numbers you're looking at and how accurate those numbers are. So when when we take a look at what our expectations are, are in the market, it has to be forward looking. What do we expect to happen? happening uh, moving forward. So inflation, the big theme out there, yes, the numbers are still high. Yes, they're a lot higher than the Bank of Canada or the, uh, the Bank of the US or even the global banks as we're seeing, of course, in, in, in Europe uh, is out there uh, and it's been bad. And, and, and a lot of people point and blame at, at you know, different things. And, and some of them, some of them are true and actually they're all kind of true. So one is of course, you know, the pandemic, uh, we shut down the supply chain. Uh, all that had a backup and a, and a push up on prices. And, and if you listen last year, there was a lot of talk of things like transitory inflation, meaning uh, that you know this inflation was was temporary, uh, just caused by the supply chain. And once the supply chain uh, got itself fixed up, um, uh, that inflation would go would go away. And that's where you saw the central banks around the world basically saying, "Hey, this is transitory. We're going to hold off interest rate hikes." until, and they had the original target of 2023. So it's kind of at the beginning of 2021, the goal was 2023 before they wanted to do any interest rate hikes, let the economy kind of uh, go on its own and run on its own. That uh, obviously didn't happen because the supply chain issues created real inflation uh, as well as that transitory. So we got into the beginning of 2022, central banks decided, oh my gosh, we waited a long time, uh, almost too long, we need to start hiking in 2020, early 2022. Um, but just before they started to do that, of course, we had the Ukraine-Russian war uh, breakout, which actually spiked that inflation in the supply chain. All the uh, sanctions that are on Russia, of course, they cut off the supply out of Ukraine, uh, especially when it came to food and fuel. And we've seen that at the pumps. All that kind of pushed up an already building theme of inflation. So, you know, all these things kind of hit at once. Then the last thing that we're seeing a lot of blame on, out there is on the uh, relief packages, right? All the governments kind of uh, flood, flooded the market with with cash, with capital, whether it, it was CERB here in Canada or in the U.S. Uh, you know, they got the, the support checks. Uh, all this all this money was dumped into the market. Uh, you know, having given people more money to spend, driving up the demand side, all while we had the supply chain issues. Now that needed to happen. I'm not blaming, um, you know, the, the, those those systems uh, or relief packages that went out uh, as being a part of where we where we are today. Uh, they contributed to it. Um, they could have been better. Hindsight's always is going to judge that. But all this kind of happened all at once, kind of this perfect storm. So you know, when we the, uh, the central banks went to go raise those rates. Um, they were behind the game. They waited too long because not only was inflation not transitory, as I said, the Ukraine war, uh, and, and then all this flood of cash in there all kind of hit at once. So as that all hit, uh, the, the central banks all of a sudden slammed on the gas uh, with the uh, or brakes with uh, interest rate hikes, jacking them up very aggressively, very quickly. So that's the boat we're in right now. Now, I would say, and, and, and everything that I'm looking at is telling us they've gone too hard, too fast on interest rates. Doesn't mean there's not going to be another hike. Um, it's probably going to be a lower hike, even in the last US Fed came out with their 75 beeps. 
uh, uh, three quarter of a percent. Um, they even said in their language, they went from very hawkish language saying, well, we might have to be more aggressive than expected to kind of saying, ah, I think we can ease off a little bit. So you probably see the next hike being lower, probably 50 basis points. Uh, and, and, and the market's going to uh, read the size of a reef on that because, uh, you know, the hikes that are that were expected are already priced in the market. The market's already looked at that and said, hey, we know this is coming. We're not worried about it. What we want to know is what's going to happen going forward. Are we going to be surprised to the other side? So things are looking good on that front. If we look at the inflationary front, so those, those numbers that we're worried about, we're starting to see them turn over. Um, you know, even gasoline's come down a bit in the U.S. and Canada, not that much in Canada. Uh, and I wouldn't look for that to go back to where it was, but just that it's easing off. It's not climbing anymore. Uh, we're also seeing uh, inventories and warehouses uh, going through the roof. Uh, it's a symptom uh, of supply demand channels that, that seems to repeat itself. You think businesses would get better at that, where they see you know an increased supply or sorry demand issue and short supply. So you know they put the they, they put the foot on the gas to make as much product as possible to fill all this demand. And if demand comes off just a little bit, all of a sudden you have a glut coming in. And that's kind of the situation we're having. You saw that if you look at the Walmart results, uh, we're seeing warehousing, uh, industrial warehousing in the United States, basically uh, bringing in uh, empty trailers to uh, to store the uh, the overstock that they have in there. Uh, we're seeing the shipping, uh, the shipping demand, uh, uh, logistics around the world, basically falling out as far as demand goes or certainly dropping off massively from 2021 levels, all showing this supply excess and demand fall off caused by interest rate, uh, sorry, interest rate hikes. But also, you know, uh, we talked a lot in our videos in 2021 about, uh, you know, that, 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 that sharp demand as thing, people started getting back to things and then it falls off a little bit afterwards. I, I think if you want to look at a textbook example, if you look at Peloton stock, so if you follow that story during the pandemic, of course, Peloton was the home fitness uh, workouts and, and bikes, uh, and they just shot up, uh, of course, in value. The demand for the bike shot up. You couldn't even, it was three months waiting list. Uh, so they you know, pumped pumped up the manufacturing. Uh, you know, they pumped up all their, you know, their services. Uh, they took advantage of that stock price uh, increase. Um, but then as soon as the pandemic it kind of reopened, uh, you know, especially in the United States and here in Canada, uh, demand's fallen off and that stock is just completely decimated. So that that's a you know kind of a textbook example of that supply chain kind of just going overboard. And that's what we're seeing on the inventory side. So prices are coming down. Walmart has uh, announced after the last round they were going to be slashing prices uh, going into the summer and fall just to try to make up on the on revenue side of things and we're seeing that kind of uh as more and more earnings reports come out so that's what we're seeing on price and the one area that hasn't really come down yet uh it's probably going to be a little longer is the food side so when you look at the price of foods over the last uh year we've seen massive increases uh certainly you know for the the mid to the lower income uh households you know having to absorb that is a big impact uh, of course the ukraine situation has uh, had a bigger impact on that uh, and that's not easing up too soon. I, I know we have seen a couple of uh, grain shipments coming out of the Ukraine, uh, which will improve things. And you know, more and more of that becomes steady. Uh, if that can become steady in the shorter term, uh, you know, that will ease some uh, some of those areas. But there's a lot of other issues around food, 
you know, as we're reading about the corn crops, you know, we've got this weather uh, causing problems uh, for farmers uh, and then also on the meat front, um, you know, livestock uh, populations are down uh, again due to the weather and also being able to get food uh, or feed for them. So, uh, so the food front is the one that's probably going to linger around a little bit longer when we talk about inflation. So I wouldn't look for that just, you know, to ease off as quickly as all the other ones. But overall, what we're seeing is that inflation, those inflation numbers probably turn over and probably going to turn over faster than we expected. Because again, we're going to get, you know, you know, we might see uh, July's number come out, um, you know, a little bit softer on the inflation front, easing off a little bit but probably not the optimistic number you want. But then by the time we get the August and you know, September numbers, uh, they're probably gonna come off a lot. Now, again, they're gonna be a backward number. We're not gonna see those to the end of October, maybe early November, but the market's always looking ahead. So when we're talking inflation and interest rate, the actual picture is looking pretty good from a recovery standpoint for, uh, for the markets. Doesn't mean that I think the, you know, we, we've hit bottom in the market or we won't retest the bottom. Uh, we definitely, you know, still see some volatility because there's still a lot of this news coming out there. But the picture is actually getting a lot more optimistic from uh, a portfolio perspective than you might be seeing out in the news. Uh, you know, so that so that's you know kind of a, a in my my view a good thing. So what does that mean around recession? Well, again, you probably heard me say I think we're already in a recession. Uh, those numbers aren't going to tell us that, uh, you know, until the fall. Uh, but I think we're already there. Uh, the U.S. has already had two quarters of, uh, of negative uh, economic growth. So one more quarter and we're there. Um, but that doesn't matter because we've, we've already absorbed that. That's already been priced into the markets. And if you want examples of that in your portfolios or even in the broad markets, it does, you know, uh, recovery in the markets doesn't mean lack of bad news. It means that it's been priced in. And if you want more and more examples of, of a recession being priced in and the rate hikes already being priced in, look at the recent news that's come out. So we had, you know, a few weeks ago, we had uh, the Bank of Canada uh, surprised with a 1% hike. So they, you know, had they had projected they were going to do a three-quarter percent. They surprised the upside with a 1% hike. And what happened to the markets? Nothing. The markets just shook it off. They're like, yeah, I know. Bad news. Uh, we expected it. It's fine. Just just move on. We went into uh, the U.S. earning report started coming out. You know, as I mentioned, Walmart came out with disappointed numbers. We saw a bunch of tech companies come out with some uh, disappointed numbers, uh, and all that. And what happened in the U.S. market? Nothing. The, the market shook it off and said, "Yeah, we knew they weren't going to be good numbers." And all the analysts and all the market expectations all came out with updated lower expectations for the next quarter. So they've lowered it down saying, yeah, we know it's bad. We know we're in a recession. We know that the next quarter is not going to be good. So we're just going to lower our expectations. So think about it here in horrible reviews of a movie. And then you go to the movie and you go, ah, it wasn't so bad because your expectations were really low. And that's exactly what we're seeing uh, happening in the market. So where does that leave us uh, as far as uh, buying opportunities? Well, um, pretty much. As I said, I don't know, uh, I don't think we're out of the volatility uh, days, meaning we're gonna have some, still have some bad days. We've had a little bit of a rally here in the market bounce off the bottom. We might retest that bottom, we might go slightly lower, but I think most of the carnage is gone. Um, and, and we are starting to deploy, which I'll talk about in a second, uh, when, when I talk about a recent rebalance we did there. So um, really what we're seeing in the markets, it's, it's a time, you know, if, if you're an investor, 
and you want to take advantage of these down markets, which is the best offer time uh, to take advantage of those types of opportunities to get the really solid returns, now's the time to start looking at the market. Doesn't mean you're going to get at the, the, the very bottom, but most of the carnage is gone. There's opportunities out there. There's great dividends being paid. Uh, there's really low valuations if you're looking at the more torquey uh, growth companies as well. Uh, you know, you still have to do all the fundamentals. You still have to do all looking at the, the companies, looking at the, the, the revenue generation, look at what's impacting that. Uh, but that being said, we're, the message right now is basically uh, if you've got cash, get ready to deploy, get it into your accounts, get it ready to deploy and start taking advantage of it. Because it's not something you're going to switch, uh, turn on the switch the next morning and say, hey, let's get all this cash invested this morning. It's something you want to be very targeted about the names you're buying, uh, the amounts that you're buying. Maybe you're going to you know, average in a little bit. Certainly that's the approach we take in the portfolios is uh, to move money in. Uh, gradually, because it, as I said, that volatility is still going to be there, but you want to be able to take advantage of it because that first 10% off the bottom, the first 10% return off the bottom is always going to be on bad news. Bad news is going to come out, but those key, you know, well-researched names are going to start to lift first. You're going to start to see the returns off the bottom and those names, that's that first 10% off the bottom uh, recovery. And then everyone's going to start to say, hey, things are getting better. And then you start to see more and more cash flow in. But if you want to take a real advantage of, of these downturns is, is to uh, you know, go in with confidence, knowing that most of that carnage is, is, is gone and, uh, and you're taking advantage of things. So what do we do in the portfolio? So we just did a, a big rebalance in the portfolios. If you have a look, you, you'll see there, you'll see it there. Uh, I won't say anything dramatic. Uh, in fact, you know, despite what all I just said, we actually came out with a slightly higher cash position. So we had a really strong uh, cash position going in, about 23% uh, in cash in our, in our mid-range portfolios, depending on where you are in the risk range. Uh, but we had a really strong uh, cash position to take advantage of these downturns. We're sitting just shy of 30% right now. That doesn't mean uh, we raised because out of concerns is we want to deploy into uh, you know, more targeted areas. So we freed up a few positions that we just felt weren't really working for uh, the portfolio right now. And over the next few months, probably not going to be the key performers. Uh, we added into the industrials, the dividend payers, uh, you know, uh, nothing's better than picking up some stocks that are paying seven, anywhere from six to 8% dividends uh, at these low levels. Uh, and if we have to sit through another month or so of volatility, but getting paid that six, seven, eight percent while we wait for uh, for, for that, that 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 first lift off the bottom uh, to happen, then uh, you know we're happy to do that because those are you know solid additions to the portfolio's returns for the year. So we 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 beefed up some of those positions. We added some news. I mentioned some more industrials. We added Canfor. Uh, we added uh, Mueller, we added wire, uh, copper in the US, we added a couple uh, of healthcare equipment uh, manufacturers. Uh, so we're starting to diversify the portfolio out where we see things uh, recovering first and those high cash flow companies that are paying us those dividends. So we have a healthy uh, uh, cash flow um, portfolio right now, and we've got that just shy of 30% cash ready to start deploying. And we are going to be deploying it uh, here through August. Uh, as we see the opportunity. So if we see a bad day out there in the market, uh, that's not anything negative for us to be looking at. That's something we're going to add. And, and some of those new names we didn't go full bore in, as I mentioned, uh, we started to uh, build an exposure. 
and we'll start to build on that. So you'll see in the portfolio some names with just a one percent like weight in. That's just we we just didn't want to go in all because at once just because you know that volatility is not completely gone. Uh, and we want to weigh in when we see uh, we see some better pricing out there. So, uh, so if you do see some of the names, uh, you know, fluctuated again, not a concern. We we are going to be adding to those uh, to take advantage of that. And we do see going into that, you know, very positive, uh, very or moving into a positive uh, second half to the year. Uh, certainly comes from the portfolio perspective. Economically, sure, there's still a lot of challenges, and we're going to be facing those challenges for a while. But that doesn't mean the portfolios have to uh, have to suffer through that whole process, uh, because we are able to pick up, you know, uh, at these valuations uh, with that cash flow that's being pumped through through whether a dividend or even on the uh, on the fixed income front on the bond front, we've been able to pick up really cheap no bid portfolios, high quality uh, no bid portfolios paying eight percent, and I know they don't look great on paper right now, but you're collecting that eight percent in the meantime. Uh, and as those things recover back again, as they will, um, you know, we'll get that lift on the valuation side. So all things are looking really good in the portfolios. Uh, we really like what we're seeing and uh, you're going to see a lot more activity going into the uh, into the fall uh, season here uh, as we build out the positions and deploy that cash. Now, with that, this is our update. I wanted to get something out because there's so much happening in the markets and the portfolios right now. Uh, you can always get these uh, podcasts, uh, Mike on Money. Uh, you can always grab those on uh, YouTube on replays. We post, we'll post those to our site. We have a new site if uh, with the LLC, uh, so you can go check that out. MikeOnMoney.com is still my main portal for the videos, uh, so you can still go through that uh, through that link. Uh, and as I said, we'll, we're going to get back onto a regular schedule for you on these videos and keep you updated. But as always. Any comments, any feedback, love to hear it from you guys. Uh, any questions, reach out to us. We're happy, email, phone. Uh, and again, michaelmoney.com uh, portal. Uh, you can reach me directly through that as well. Uh, and we look forward to uh, ending off the summer on a positive note and hopefully seeing you all in the fall. So with that, thank you everyone. Take care and talk to you soon. Bye now.